Hello, and welcome to The Journey, a daily podcast reading through the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you listen, we're going to be using the New Living Translation of God's Word. Let's start today's reading. Reading Numbers 21 and 22. The Canaanite king of Arad, who lived in the Negev, heard that the Israelites were approaching on the road through Erethrim. So he attacked the Israelites and took some of them as prisoners. Then the people of Israel made this vow to the Lord. If you will hand these people over to us, we will completely destroy all their towns. The Lord heard the Israelites' request and gave them victory over the Canaanites. The Israelites completely destroyed them and their towns, and the place has been called Hormah ever since. Then the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There is nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, Make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to the pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. The Israelites traveled next to Hoboth and camped there. Then they went to Ai Abraham in the wilderness, in the eastern border of Moab. From there they traveled to the valley of Zered, of the Zered Brook, and set up camp. Then they moved out and camped on the far side of the Arnon River, in the wilderness adjacent to the territory of the Amorites. The Arnon is the boundary line between the Moabites and the Amorites. For this reason, the book of the wars of the Lord speaks of the town of Waheb and the area of Shupa and the ravines of the Arnon River and the the ravines that extend as far as the settlement of Ar on the border of Moab. From there, the Israelites traveled to Ber. Which is, the, which is the well where the Lord said to Moses, Assemble the people, and I will give them water. There the Israelites sang this song. Spring up, O well. Yes, sing its praises. Sing of this well which princes dug, which great leaders hollowed out with their scepters and staffs. Then the Israelites left the wilderness and proceeded on through Matani, Nahalai, Lel, and Bamoth. After that, they went to the valley of Moab, where the Pishka peak overlooks the wasteland. 
The Israelites sent ambassadors to King Sihon of the Amorites with this message. Let us travel through your land. We will be careful not to go through your fields and vineyards. We won't even drink water from your wells. We will stay on the king's road until we have passed through your territory. But King Sihon refused to let them cross his territory. Instead, he mobilized his entire army and attacked Israel in the wilderness, engaging them in the battle of Jehaz. But the Israelites slaughtered them with their swords and occupied their land from the Arnon River to the Jacob River. They went only as far as the Amorite border because the boundaries of the Ammonites was fortified. So Israel captured all the towns of the Amorites and settled in them, including the city of Heshbon and its surrounding villages. Heshbon has been the capital of, the, of King Sihon of the Amorites. He had defeated a former Moabite king and seized all his land as far as, Arn, as, far as the Arnon River. Therefore, the ancient poets wrote this about him. Come to Heshbon and let us rebuild. Let the city of Sihon be restored. A fire flamed forth from Heshbon, a blaze from the city of Sihon. It burned the city of Ar in Moab. It destroyed the rulers of the Arnon Heights. What sorrow awaits you, O people of Moab? You are finished, O worshippers of Shemosh. Shemosh has left his sons as refugees, his daughters as captives of Sion, the Amorite king. We have utterly destroyed them from Heshbon to Dibon. We have completely wiped them out as far as Nohapath and Mibadah. So the people of Israel occupied the territory of the Amorites. After Moses sent men to explore the Jazer area, they captured all the towns in the region and drove out the Amorites who lived there. Then they turned and marched up to the road of Bashan, but King Og of Bashan and all of his people attacked them there at Edari. The Lord said to Moses, Do not be afraid of him. For I have handed him over to you along with all his people and his land. Do the same to him as you did to King Sihon of the Amorites, who ruled in Heshbon. And Israel ki- killed King Og, his sons, and all of his subjects. Not a single survivor remained. Then Israel occupied their land. Then the people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab and camped east of the Jordan River, across from the Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, the Moabite king, had seen everything the Israelites did to the Amorites. And when the people of Moab saw how many Israelites there were, they were terrified. The king of Moab said to the elders of Midian, This mob will devour everything in sight, like an ox devours grass in the field. So Balak, king of Moab, sent messengers to call Balaam, son of Behor, 
who was living in his native land in Pethor, near the Euphrates River. And his message said, Look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. They cover the face of the earth and are threatening me. Please come and curse these people for me, because they are too powerful for me. Then perhaps I will be able to conquer them and drive them from the land. I know that blessings fall on any people you bless and curses fall on people you curse. Balak's messengers, who were elders of Moab and Midian, set out with money to pay Balaam to place a curse upon Israel. They went to Balaam and delivered Balak's message to him. Stay here overnight, Balaam said. In the morning I will tell you whatever the Lord directs me to say. So the officials from Moab stayed there with Balaam. That night, God came to Balaam and asked him, Who are these men visiting you? And Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent me this message. Look, a vast horde of people have arrived from Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth. Come and curse these people for me. Then perhaps I will be able to stand up to them and drive them from the land. But God told Balaam, Do not go with them. You are not to curse these people, for they have been blessed. The next morning, Balaam got up and told Balak's officials, Go on home. The Lord will not let me go with you. So the Moabite officials returned to King Balak and reported, Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak tried again. This time he sent a large number of even more distinguished officials than those that he had sent the first time. They went to Balaam and delivered this message to him. This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Please don't let anything stop you from coming to help me. I will pay you very well and do whatever you tell me. Just come and curse these people for me. But Balaam responded to Balak's messengers. Even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord my God. But stay here one more night, and I will see if the Lord has anything else to say to me. That night God came to Balaam and told him, Since these men have come for you, get up and go with them, but do only what I tell you to do. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going. So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. As Balaam and the two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in front with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crush Balaam's foot against the wall, so Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord 
moved farther down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it lay down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. You have made me like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But I, but I am the same donkey that you have ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Why did you beat your donkey those three times, the angel of the Lord demanded? Look, I have come to block your way because you stubbornly are resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. Then Balaam confessed to the Lord, to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I didn't realize that you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. But the angel of the Lord told Balaam, Go with these men, but say only what I tell you to say. So Balaam went on with Balak's officials. When King Balak heard that Balaam was on the way, he went out to meet him at the Moabite town on the Arnon River at the farthest border of his land. Didn't I send you an urgent invitation? Why didn't you come right away? Balak asked Balaam. Didn't you believe me when I said I would reward you richly? And Balaam replied, Look, now I have come, but I have no power to say whatever I want. I will speak only the message that God puts in my mouth. Then Balaam accompanied Balak to Kerzahath Huzoth, where the king sacrificed cattle and sheep. He sent portions of the meat to Balaam and the officials who were with him. The next morning, Balak took Balaam to Bamath Baal. From there, he could see some of the people of Israel spread out below him. In the text, we read about God sending a plague of snakes poisonous snakes to the people the people cried out for forgiveness they cried out to Moses and Moses prayed and God said to make a a bronze snake and to set it on a pole and if the people would look and see the snake they would be rescued centuries later Jesus refers to this about himself and says that those that will look upon the Son of Man, Jesus himself. Those that will look upon Jesus will be saved. 
a reminder that the message of the Old Testament may seem to us as something that does not apply to us, but the lessons are here all the time. That we need to lift our eyes up to the Lord and we will be saved. Today, our prayer is that we will seek the Lord, that we will seek him in everything that we do, and that he will receive our praise, that when we see him, when we look and direct our hearts to the Lord, that we can be saved. Thank you again for joining us for the journey. Please be sure to share this podcast. Today's reading was from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible and used with permission. Have a blessed day, and we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow.